0: Come on, get your groove on, Kevin.
1: Get my groove on.
0: <laughs> it's kind of how we like to start the morning on Wednesdays. There we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> everybody has their own version of the Wednesday morning dance. Have it going, everybody?
2: Oh. Uh. Good morning, gang. Good morning to everybody in the chat.
0: We have a fantastic guest this morning. The amazing, the wonderful, the stupendous, the fantastic Nugget Head, Learn Nuggets. Kevin Thorne, how's it going? Good
1: morning. How's everybody doing? Cheers. Cheers. We are, we are rocking. Oh. I zoom.
2: Whoa. Reaction shot
0: all right we got we have a lot to cover today so we should
2: probably
0: dispense with the informalities
1: <laughs> the informalities
0: and jump right into today because uh, we're going to do something fun that we haven't done before and uh, so we're going to
1: try <laughs> we're
0: going to try well you know what we're all about trying uh if nothing else around here we're, but, we're uh,
1: very trying <laughs> let's just hope the tech gremlins are with us
0: today. everybody So let's just kick it off first, though, in case we have any new folks who don't know who you are, Kevin,
1: who is Mr. Learn Nuggets? Who is he? I have no idea. Um, Just a designer, developer, consultant, geek, e-learning, run a boutique company uh, doing design and development. Um, It all kicked off back in 2010. I see Jeanette Brooks is here. And Jeanette remembers when it all started back with Mission Turfgrass. And uh, from there, it just kind of took off, you know? So, um, trying to, uh, just kind of keep the lights on and help people make things, build things, design things, fix things, teach people, train, travel. <laughs> <laughs> what, what all of that going on? You, you, you skipped Lego. Ah, the Lego, who can't forget the Lego, Lego serious play. I just got back from Quebec. Uh, we did a, the annual North American certified facilitators community meeting. If that's not a mouthful, uh, but it's all of the, uh, certified trainers through the association of master Lego trainers. And they, uh, Oh, I gotta, I have to share this. (laughs) I forgot to bring it to my desk. Stay right there.
0: We won't go anywhere. (laughs)
2: We'll
1: be here.
0: We just happen to have some hold music. Oh, he's back.
1: So speaking of Lego series play, Robert Rasmussen, who used to work for the Lego group, Lego Education, he was a director of um, education. He is responsible for, if you remember back in the day, um, Imagine Imagine Imaginate Imagopedia. I can't imagine Pedia Lego Imagipedia. back in the 90s. He's also responsible for Mindstorms, okay. and then he's also uh, now the, running the Lego Series Play. Um, so if you geek out and you go all the way back to your 90s days with the original Mindstorms RCX. And then you go hang out with them and you get him to sign it. Oh, look at you go. And there's Mr. Robert. Hmm. Nice. So it was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool moment. I know I'm geeking out, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Hey, that's good. Uh, that's what we like to do here. So,
1: um, but yeah, so we spent a couple of days just talking about, uh, the science behind it, some research and folks are doing some research with Lego. Um this is not just a bunch of people getting together playing Lego. It's actual mm-hmm. the science, the research, techniques, um, uh, what we're doing, things like that. So I just got back from that. Yeah, and well, then I'm taking the that
0: Canadians and so you really you can't beat that.
1: No, what was really cool is first right? time I was in Quebec and uh I was fascinated with being immersed in sort of that French culture um for a couple of days. And, uh, and then a lot of folks were speaking Dutch and French and of course, uh, Robert and, and, um, some of the other folks from Denmark, of course they're speaking Danish. So you're getting this sort of language soup of everybody going, it was pretty cool. I was really, I was learning some stuff and learn some different cultures. It was quite an experience, not just the event itself, but just being in that city and being around those folks. That was pretty good. Really enjoyed that. And then we're, uh. Headed to, uh, back to Orlando in December to present the research that I did with Lego series play with the U.S. Army chaplains, uh, presenting down at ITSEC uh, in December. And then uh, who knows what happens after that? Might go see our buddy over at uh, the Great Escape while I'm down there.
0: Yeah, there you go. Very cool. Chris, do you play Lego?
1: I, I grew up with it.
2: Uh, and then raised my kids with it too. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't, um, we have a big, big box of it. Uh, but it does actually currently occupy a space in the storage. Uh, it's not, it's not loose and about, but it, it
1: might get pulled out soon. It might get pulled out. There you go. There
2: you go.
0: That is the influence. Pull it Mm -hmm. out. We're, uh, we're not doing Lego today, but we should actually plan that for some time and have you talk a little bit about Lego serious play because I find it to be fascinating. Uh, but today is drink and draw day. I just I love the, the uh, we we should start a regular show called Drink and Draw. <laughs> I like it. I, I think I think it needs to happen. I, I once a month. Yeah. Wednesday. I don't know how it's gonna how we figure out how to do it, but there's just something very <clears really throat> alliterative about it that uh, would be a good time. So we're gonna test this out. And, uh, we're gonna, so for those of you that don't know, the reason why we're doing this and why Kevin's here doing it is he's a master illustrator, he's been doing, uh, showing people in our industry, instructional designers, how to do storyboarding, how to draw, how to sketch, all that kind of stuff, for years, and, um, uh, oh shoot! I should have prepped some early sketches that you did of us back in the early days. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll try to find those while you're sketching. But he's yeah, going right. to sketch today. But we're going high tech. We're going high tech digital. Uh, he's got an he's got an iPad. He's going to show us, and so he's going to sketch live and show us how instructional how we can sketch for instructional design.
2: Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah,
2: and I mean, so often instructional design is you know we get handed a PowerPoint or or. We start in a word doc or, or, or something like that, but uh, we're going to get to explore a little bit. Um, I'm not a I'm not a strong. I would put myself in the category of not strong drawing. It's not a, a first thing that I would choose to do. So I'm looking forward to having my uh, my processes challenged here or improved.
1: So. Well, it's, and I'll just remind everybody that it's not about drawing. It's about visualizing a message of visualizing communication. Um, so we, we can talk about that a minute. And if, if we want to start there with the basics, if we want to do this drink and draw. I mean, we're just kind of winging it here. But if we want to do kind of the drink and draw thing once a month or every Wednesday or something like that. Maybe I can put together a sequence to kind of more of like a here's where we start. And then we kind of move up to it, that kind of thing. But I, uh, I think it's um, I think it's valuable. OK
2: yeah so we were chatting before we came in about you know things that, that that we might think about and um you 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 suggested maybe kevin um an interface for for a learning product and how that yeah you know, how that process is very amenable to you know starting. uh yeah actually right i've got something
1: pulled up right here let's see um i've got something you want to go ahead and start sharing i guess we can do it that. yeah on, let's do that let's yeah. put it up there. whatever works yeah um Oh goodness! All right, let's let's try this. Uh, share. Oh, I have
0: complete faith in the technology.
1: <laughs> and you should see it. There we go. <laughs> okay. This is uh. An app called Concepts, um, and these are some storyboards that I use and just kind of sketch and kind of create some ideas. But if we just start with this one, um, mirror—I don't know. Let's see, mirror everything. No, we don't want. Is that is that right?
2: Um, That's still good. Whatever you've been doing has been fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It is. yeah. Um, okay. So this is if you just say it, it, it just comes down to rectangles and arrows. Just think mm-hmm. of that. If you can draw a rectangle and you can draw an arrow in a straight line, you're you're halfway there when you're mapping out a storyboard. So if you can kind of look at this, this sort of structure, we would <clears throat> we could have essentially say we start right here. Well, I got this, I got these settings wrong, but let's just, I'll just draw a line. Uh, we'll do ascending there. We'll start there. This might, this might be some intro information. And then we come down this way. Then we come down this way. And then here we have two choices. We got one choice here and another choice here, and then we can go back and forth. And then the idea, let me go back, um, is then your success path is this. So if you kind of follow through it, you just kind of think of your instruction. Now you do your instructional outline and you do all that analysis on the front end. Uh, This is not to suggest this is where you start. Uh, You still do your normal instructional design process. But when you're trying to visualize what this is going to look like, what's the experience going to be like before you go to development? And I think that's the biggest gap that I see in our industry. We have so many folks that jump right into development without fully thinking through all the design choices that have to be made, especially when it comes to e-learning. So not to mention this visualization process helps manage the expectations with your clients in a number of different ways. And as I go on here, I'll show you what I mean. Um, And then now we have, we had some little orange lines just tells you these are the branching pieces. Now where those boxes are, those are just content holders, your, um, instructional, your outline, or your beginning stages of your storyboard, you already know what goes in these spots. And what you do is you you keep building on it and then you start using some visual icons and some metaphors to help communicate. Now, right here, let me draw this line. Well, I'll keep changing up my things here. This line right here. What is that? Each, each box. Oops, yeah. What's so that? let me
0: just let me just jump in here and just ask a quick question So each box isn't necessarily one screen of content. It it's just uh, sort of a high level. Maybe it's a concept. Uh, yeah. You know that the that the user drops into and then explaining that concept. It could be an activity that's in there. It could be a collection of screens. It could be multiple objectives, but it's just kind of the basic area when you're first
1: getting started. Right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, if you, if you need to communicate one idea is to kind of do something like that, just you're visualizing, you're just, you're just creating your own set of visual metaphors and icons. So if I see something like this with the lines, uh, around this one, like I'm drawing here, that just suggests that there's additional content that's not all going to go on one screen or one page. But that's that managing expectations. You create a library of, you're you're creating an alphabet. You're creating a language, a visual language that you're going to communicate between you and your SME. And then this process, when you get over to development, there's no, there's no, there's no head scratching. You're not thinking about anything. Now, there's the small refining through the feedback review prob, but I'm not talking about major. Well, that's not what I thought. Well, they should go this way. Well, we need to add this entire chapter in here. You want to take care of all that before you know, you get to... Uh, let's get down here to this one. Yeah, that's what I just had, isn't it? Yeah, so you have, um, you know, like your little round circle with the X in it. What does that mean? everybody know that's the right in, corner that's an end point or a a close a close right stop close exit so we already know that's that perceived affordance that we already know from from our own long-term memories that bill gates taught us that if we click a red box with a white x in the upper right corner we're closing a window so why not use that same metaphor to communicate that same behavior instead of a vertical linear word document of all the instructions, put it in a visual metaphor and then you can uh, help communicate better. So let me show you some other stuff here. Here's a sort of a visual library. So those different screens that you're thinking about. So if you just have to communicate a particular interaction or something, you don't need the content right now. You just say, well, This particular compare and contrast sort of idea is going to go in this spot based on the outline and some of the design that we've already discussed in the content. And oh, by the way, here's a multiple choice. We're going to put a video here. You just come up with your own library of of sort of icons. And then let's get down here and you can see. um, Maybe here's an idea. It's just a basic idea. <clears throat> so there's a, maybe it's a adaptive where you start out, we've got some intro objectives, then you've got a couple roles, depending on your role. Um, you go down role A or role B, and role A and role B are the same model. They just have different content. So it's maybe there's an intro video, there's a couple content pages, and then you have a little knowledge check. And then you converge back to the center, and you summarize it, and you finish up.
2: Very mm-hmm. Very simple. Joel- very- <clears throat> Jill has a question in the in the um, in the chat. She's asking, "Are these um, shapes or drawn freehand?" I think what she's asking is, "Is were these shapes that came with the tool, or these are drawings that uh, the boxes here?" You well, these are these, these are
1: drawn, and maybe we can do that another at another time. Let me see. Um, let's see. So I can take this shape like this, mm-hmm. and then they've they've just updated this app and they've moved everything around on I me. Mean, however. What it does is it, once you draw your own shape, you can create that as an icon and save it in the library here. So next time I just pull it off, you look at these boxes, they're all the same.
0: They start to look the same, right? Yeah. They're right.
1: all the same. So yeah. I'm just grabbing out of my own library and pulling them in. Yeah, that's So awesome. it goes back to once you, um, once you create these, you just save these off in your own sort of icon library. So then you can, can just, just pick pull.
2: the, and so you just pick yeah. the multiple choice, and then you're going to put that into the other, um, to the other yeah. plan that you Like making. plug and play, right? Yeah, nice,
1: <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, I do. I freehand everything. So, um, here's an here's another thing. Let's say you have um, some video in your course, but you're not sure how to treat it. So if you have a full hero video idea, maybe it's the one there in the upper left. Or what if your screen size is a four by three ratio, but your videos are 16 by nine. So now you got to mash a square peg into a round hole. What does that look like? So maybe the 16 by nine ratio is a smaller section here in the middle. Second one on the top row there. Yeah, um, with its own play. Or maybe you have something more like a uh, thumbnail pop up kind of idea. That column there on the far right, you have for video thumbnails, you click on one, it pops up into sort of that same frame and that 16 by 9 frame so you can see there's different layouts so this is one of those ideas where you're working with your SME and you realize okay we've got a dozen plus videos in this course how do we want to treat video because of the way we treat video we want to treat it the same way every time to make sure that we have that consistent behavior that consistent experience so what we do is we put some ideas together, put it in front of me and give them some choices. They feel involved. You're managing the expectations. You have a sign off to say, okay, we're going to do this one. And that's the one we choose. And that's the one that goes in the course. And then there's no more discussion about it at development because everybody understands and expects what to see. Hmm. Uh, let's see what else we got. Here's one. that's um, a little bit more engaged, a little bit more involved. Um, If you look at the dotted line, that's kind of a a scene or a chapter. So like the introduction piece where you got, uh, this was based about product knowledge, like like retail space, retail employees. So you have that model there on the front, that introduction model, and then you have the product product knowledge model um, in the middle section. And then you can change, it's like a framework. You can change the product type, the content, and use this entire same model. So if you think at that hierarchy level, and I think where the gap is, too, a lot of folks go down to the details too soon and then come back up here to a higher level and put a framework together. And if you look at this framework, like the introduction, we have an intro, then we have a product category. So what's the product, who's our customer, and how do we sell it? You can can put any product in there from any industry into that model. And then the same thing with the model on the right, the actual uh, instructional piece. And there's a number of things you can do here. That's just, uh, just an idea. And then you wrap it up and you get out to the next steps and then you move on to the next product category. So you can make an entire library of this right here on product knowledge based on all the product categories in a particular retail environment. So that's what I encourage folks to do is to take time to sit down and map something out very, very high level, very simple but you create these frameworks and these models in a storyboard way. And then you transfer this using that with your outline and then you plug in all your content, go to development and you're more efficient and you're knocking things out left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a model
2: like that too, which, ha- you know, brings a structure forward and then you know, putting the content into that model. I think it's also helpful to help us navigate the, the urge to add more, right? Uh, the here's all the things that everybody should know. But that model that you're outlining there brings it to a particular focus. And, and we're going to give people exactly the information that they need to support, you know, the who, what, when at the start of that, as opposed to all of the knowledge that could be around, um, you, you know, something, which is often a challenge for us when we're navigating the waters, with, uh, you know, with a SME relationship. So.
1: Yeah, right. So it's, it's, um, it's really, it really comes down to managing expectations. expectation. I mean, how many mm-hmm. in this audience has ever dealt with a SME or a stakeholder, and you'll sit down, you go through this sort of design analysis, you start storyboarding, and then you move over to development. And then as soon as you get into that review phase, all of a sudden, there's all these design changes because these these choices were not defined. So if you're experiencing that, then you know a red flag should go off in your head to say, hey, we didn't cover this in the beginning. What am I missing here? So then you rewind your own process, goes back to the beginning, spend more time in that design phase. And I'll promise you development and review goes like a snap because there's no surprises. You've, you've covered all the bases.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that's one of the things that's um, that, that we do forget about and it, it, it's, are we drawing for ourselves? Yes, it helps us kind of think through, you know, what it is that we want to do as far as design, but I think we as designers and developers and I will, I will will speak for all of us because I have talked to a lot of folks that struggle with this as well and I and I say it because I did too when I was doing a lot of development was wanting to jump right into the tech first and wanting to jump right into the tool first and while you can do that and get away with it sometimes it's that part of communicating up the chain of command and those people that have hired you or your boss or your stakeholders and being able to communicate the ideas and when their changes come it's a lot easier for them to see You know what needs to be changed and how to communicate it back to you and it's a much easier thing to fix than going into the tool immediately in those early stages once you get going and then you need reviews of the tech and all of that it's great to be in the tool itself but when you're first ideating getting early feedback in in drawing it this is all like you mentioned about managing those expectations and this is um, this is a big, big part of the instructional design process that, um, that I think people just have a tendency to forget. And I think if you're working in a situation where you have carte blanche and you're, you you know, you're yeah, when does that ever happen? No, they're going <laughs> to let you do whatever you want, and, and fine, jump into the tool and just get going and just build it. But that's that's not going to happen.
1: No. no, it'll never happen. You know, I learned I learned this. I mean, I've, I've been a sketcher my whole life, but when I was in corporate, this is one of the things that drew, drew uh, that drove me crazy was um, not being able to manage that. Pro- I couldn't control the demand and you're not going to. And you're not going to control the personalities and the different you know things that you have to deal with. But you can control your own time. So if you control what goes on on the front end and you put the constraints and the boundaries and sort of the uh, dare i say restrictions on the front end it's your job to manage the expectations so if things are falling apart at the back end then you know look in the mirror in a lot of in a lot of cases and i'm not saying that you know to be rude or anything i'm just saying i could look back at just about anything that didn't go right at the end of a pro towards that end of development and the review and i could look i say i missed that i could have we could have handled that on the front end and we wouldn't be dealing with this right now so just be observant and be aware of those sort of uh, that area of the project and see where you can come back to the front and where can you control and manage that. Um, mm-hmm. here's one, uh, this was, uh, these are actually, um, these are the, this these these the original sketches. Um, but this is for TTX is a big trail, uh, railroad up in Chicago. Uh, work with Trish Ewell on this one. And, um, These are now fully color-printed posters hanging in the lobby of the corporate headquarters in Chicago.
0: Can can you zoom in on one of those, make it full screen? Uh, Yeah,
1: I can. i got to make sure I remember which one she said I can share. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it was this one. There we go. Yeah. So the idea is there's these different processes on whether you purchase, lease, or modify a rail car. Forecasting, I mean, it's a huge operation. Um, so what we did is we created these little characters to represent major departments within the process, like supply chain, engineering, um, different things. And then you just, um, the, the railroad track kind of gives you the path on the process on which direction you go. And then we just put it all together, uh, colored it up real nice in the branding colors of their colors and Uh, turned out real well. And folks, the feedback was like, I get it. Now I understand the process. Now, of course, there's other documentation and policy and all the other stuff. But if you're, if you're a new employee, you're just coming out of this thing and you need a a quick crash course on what this process is and how it goes, you've got basically these visual job aids to kind of show you, okay, here's the process or where I am in the process. Um, And this is how you lease a rail car and then um, you got planning, purchase, maintenance, scheduling, modifying, all kinds of stuff. But that was a that was a rather fun project. I remember really enjoyed drawing. That was a lot of drawing. Um, I think um,
2: it, it, the the visual aspect. Uh, I mean, you're using the metaphor of the, you know the train tracks there um, to sort of you know bring everything together. But I think what what it did for me right away was it was oh uh, this is. Such a better way, maybe, to figure out or to understand a process um, or a series of you know things and events by that that visual connectedness, than than simply you know words in a word doc with header step one, header step two, header step three. Um, it, it puts it all in, in into a quickly graspable uh, instance rather than you know having to navigate, say, a longer document. So
1: cool, right? No, you're right, and I'm seeing a couple questions. Um, um, I think, Wendy, I think I passed. There was one question that went up about, do I offer drawing classes? <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I can. That's an idea. It just depends on what you want to learn how to draw. Um, if you, if it's this kind of stuff or, or visual storyboarding or, or communication, um, we can do that visual alphabet game if we want. That'll help some folks. Um, but uh, this is That's Procreate. I just want to break. yeah. Take a take a blank sheet
0: right there and just sketch those out for us real quick. We got we got a few minutes.
1: Uh, let's see if I well actually I have them.
0: And just and and uh, people are really interested in the tech too. So what exactly are you using here? Is this an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil? Yeah,
1: this is the iPad Pro and the um, uh, Procreate app. Let me clean this mess up here. Uh, and I can't show you the actual. What's not showing is you don't know where I'm going on the screen. Uh, hang on, let me clean this up a little bit. Yeah, we
0: just sort of see the aftermath of where you're, uh where the <laughs> where the pencil is touching.
1: Yeah, I know. I, uh, that, I I noticed that as we were, this is the first time we've done this. So we just have to, yeah,
0: hey, yeah, you know, we learn as we, we go. We're
1: just winging it. We're not, well, there's no planning at all here at all. Okay. So here's the <laughs> visual know, alphabet. Sh-
0: sh- stop it, Kevin. Shh. No, there were hours and hours of pre work. <laughs> the- all right. I'm going to, I'm going to
1: draw your attention, no pun intended, but draw your attention <laughs> to the upper left. You see the word gallery. And there's four tools up there. There's a wrench, looks like a little magic wand, a little, it's a, it's a little S shape, but it's a, like a tape. And then there's an arrow or a selection. I'm going to select the, uh, second one from the right. And then I'm going to trace around this stuff. And then I'm going to hit the pointer, the arrow, and now I can move it around the screen. or i can reduce it down and resize it and that's just a pinch with your fingers wait for the screen to catch up there we go a little bit of delay i'm noticing And then it's based on, um, you have your, and then kind of going over to the right side, the upper right, we've got the paintbrush tool. And if I tap on that, I've got this huge library of tools from sketching, pencils, calligraphy, painting, art, airbrushing. I mean, it's any, anything you want to do, draw, paint, whatever. Uh, for most of my, cause I'm not a painter, so to speak, I pretty much stay in the inking. And there's a lot of really cool brush packages you can get online now and load them right into Procreate if you have your own style of brushes. So I've got this dry ink pen, kind of reminds me of a little crayon, pencil like a little grease pencil.
0: It's a fun one. Hey, so uh, how can we how can we use the visual alphabet to create something? You got it all right up there, so it's yeah. pretty
1: obvious. So for those of you that don't know, this is uh, Dave Gray uh came up with this alphabet gosh back in when was that early 2000s? Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, probably late 90s, I think. No, it was later. It was older than that, mid 90s. <clears throat> and essentially, if you think about it, um, our alphabet is just a series of symbols and those symbols we learn at a very young age on, on their phonetic sound. And then we put um, those letters, we resequence those letters into a different organization to create a string, which then forms a word. And then we form words into uh, sentences. And then we have a language. So we have a written. And I mean, everybody knows that. That's how it's done. Um, The same thing with visual. If you think back tens of thousands of years, communication and storytelling was done drawn on the cave walls about their hunts, about gathering, about the history. And that's where Uh, They went to school and that's where they had their history. That's where they recorded everything is on the wall. So the idea essentially is just re-engineer the way we communicate visually. And Dave Gray came up with this alphabet. So if you look at the top row of this alphabet, we have the dot, a straight line, an arc. I don't know if you call it, I call it a carrot symbol or, uh, a spiral, a loop in the second row, <clears throat> the pattern is, excuse me, have a circle, no dots or no points or one point, like a closed loop, a eye or football shape, and that's two points, triangles, three points, four points with a square, five points, so on and so forth, all the way up to um, infinity points, a cloud. So you can do six points, seven points, eight points. I so just to, the blob. Blob, yeah, that's the blob. <laughs> so essentially if I take this one, kind of slide that over a little bit, and then just put a little thing, meaning it could continue going. So anybody, um, shout it out, think of an object, and I will use just those symbols out of that alphabet to communicate that object coffee cup, Wendy, you're on it. All right. What is a coffee cup? What does the shape start with typically? Right. So if we look at, um, let me grab a different color here. If we think of this shape right there, think of that. And also just because it's a circle doesn't mean I can't draw an oval. It's still one loop, right? It's a loop shape. And I'm just closing it, whether it's a circle or a big circle. Now, one thing what's nice about, um, Procreate too is I can draw the shape and then hold down, and then it automatically locks it into a really nice, oh, cleans up,
0: cleans oh. it up for you. That's nice.
1: So if we take, um, we take that for instance, and we're going to draw. Excuse me, I have to turn my paper. There we go. So there's our the opening to our coffee cup. Now, I'm going to use this shape right here, and then I'm going to use this shape right here, or that symbol, and I'm going to make it a curve on the bottom. Now, when we think of um, the handle, we can also use this same shape, this little arc shape, because we only have to do one, two. does that communicate a coffee cup wendy <laughs> and that is it that i'm uh, it's not about drawing and it's not about skill it's about using those symbols to minimally communicate the message that you're trying to visualize and if everybody in this audience can pull into their mental model and say i know what that is based on my own experiences in life that i can see that that's a cup now it doesn't there it'd be a teacup it could be any kind of a cup, coffee cup. Now if we want to make it a coffee cup, we can put a saucer on there. So another loop, right? And then we can I don't know, change the color. Let's get some let's make it hot chocolate for this side of the year. And then we can just kind of come in here and make it like it's full. And then come back here. And what was the other line here? So we've got the loop and the squirrely, like the the spiral up here. So just think about that. Not only do I have a cup, but now I've communicated the cup is full. It has some brown liquid in it, which could be hot chocolate, could be coffee. And, oh, by the way, this liquid is hot. So it's a hot cup of hot chocolate. So you continue just adding little pieces to it to communicate more defined message. That's it. It doesn't get any more difficult than that. Except it takes practice for you to get well, to of a course.
0: Where you, you enjoy. It is, it.
1: Well, it, it's a skill, right? Just like anything. It's it, You have time and practice. I can teach you all this. Like when a drawing classes. well, heck yeah, I could do it all day long. I teach you. I just taught you how to do this in five minutes. Now, time and practice, that's on you. Yeah. You know, you have, you have to find the time and I encourage you just like you read and we read every day or we do something habitually every day that, you know, whatever, whatever it is, take 10 minutes, grab a, just grab a cheap sketchbook and sit down for 10 minutes and practice doing these sorts of things. And over time, it's just like anything. It's just like when you learn how to write your language, you practice writing your letters, you practice reading, you practice uh, drawing those symbols. Uh, I'm watching my granddaughter right now, five years old, and she's drawing her s's and her Z's backwards. She gets them confused. So she's practicing. she just she does her s this way and her Z this way. And she's learning. So she's just she knows the symbol. she just has it she hasn't practiced enough to get it right. And she's five years old. So if you think about it, just re-engineer the way you communicate and say, let's go back to the alphabet and let's practice the alphabet and then just come up with some basic, um, symbols or basic objects and things. It gets a little bit more challenging then, and then I can throw some metaphorical things like what does, I don't know, draw cold, you know, I mean, instead of a physical object, it gets a little more difficult. So.
0: We can get to that, but man, oh man, we're gonna have to save a bunch of this for later because we're, uh Good we're, stuff. we're we're done for today, no, but we're not, <laughs> are we really? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Time flies when you're having fun, right? But uh, All right, we got. Uh, that's a lot. We covered a lot more than I thought we were gonna cover today, but. Uh, we also wanted to just mention real quickly—you um, did teach all of us that were at your last Step Away uh, Design event how to do all this stuff. So there was, there is some hands-on practice, and there is a workshop available. But it's also much bigger than that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we go?
1: Yeah. So um, Step Away, Step Away is a, uh, uh, a creative design retreat, if you call it. Uh, I saw this uh, venue go by uh, in my feed. Uh, It's this giant um, vacation resort down in uh, Orlando, Uh, 15,000 square feet, uh, 15 rooms all themed after games, board games like Scrabble and this Pac-Man and Operation and Clue. And the Clue room, the bedroom, it's an actual escape room. So the whole house itself is a giant game itself. And you're living inside. So you're immersed inside games and you're living inside games, 10 acres, private property. And, uh, when I saw that, I just had an idea and I called uh, Carl Kopp and I said, Hey, I have an idea. Why don't we take your game design workshop, my Lego series play and visual design stuff workshops, and let's mash them together in a, in a sort of a three or four day event that, teaches people the creative process using game design as the vehicle and then have a physical artifact at the end of the event that you can say, Hey, not only did I go through the process, I actually made something. Um, So we kicked on then we brought Deborah Thomas in from silly monkey to help uh, figure out and map out some of the, some of the processes. Um, And then we went down there in September and we had an absolutely I can't even put words to it. I mean, Brent was there. It's just one of those.
0: I had a hard time putting words to it too, but I did in the link in the chat. Those of you that Oh, yeah, know, there's the article. Still yeah. Here. Exactly. You can check out the little story I wrote up about it uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you can go right directly to your site, the stepaway.design, and get registered for next year. If anybody reads that and feels like, wow, that does sound like an experience I would love to have.
1: Yeah, so we start the first morning, we start with asking a question, and we use Lego, Lego Series Play. We use the methodologies, and that's that's something else we can talk about another time. But Lego Series Play is a a set of application techniques and a a methodology based on research around how we think and theory of flow, theory of play, things like that. And we use that process in the beginning, and we ask everybody, okay, what problem are you trying to solve? That's your question, but you you have to answer it in the form of a metaphorical physical 3D model out of Lego. And that's that's your that's your morning with coffee first morning. That's how we start the week off. And by the end of the week, you're going to design a game, prototype, play test, have it ready for production before you leave and you have constraints. It's a 24 card game, card game, 24 cards. That's your restriction. So we put a little bit of restriction around it, but then we take you through that creative process from the visual design, uh, the metaphorical kind of thinking through things. We play games, we deconstruct games, uh, and we're doing nothing but play while we're there. But it's serious play and it's really hard fun. And it does oh, to oh, everything
0: important. we do. Chris, do we have any other announcements we need to make to this week?
2: Ooh, yeah. Um, no, I, I think we're, we're boring. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're coming up on the end of the year but we do have a whole lot of shows still lined up for you guys so put us on your calendar be sure to follow us on crowdcast and uh, hit up idiotic.com and follow the hashtags idiodc everywhere you do stuff on the interwebs and uh i think i hear some music for us to dance out
1: to Ooh.
0: kevin thank you so much for hanging out with us today and showing everybody oh, yeah. what you do
1: Thanks. Kevin. Uh, thank you. You know, by now we, we got to do this longer than 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we do know that, but we're working on it.
2: We'll, we'll look at
1: an extended session, maybe, or something. You uh, <laughs> know, we come back. Maybe we maybe we can actually think through a plan and do it like a every Wednesday every month a or plan. something. A Yes, we'll we'll
0: take care of that <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Hi, for hanging out. This was awesome. tons of fun. To next time. <laughs>